2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, therefore, if any man, who will this work for? Anybody. Amen. If anyone is in Christ, in other words, when you make Jesus your Lord, God sees you now in Christ. Those two words are the number one terminology to describe what happened to you when you got born again, is you are now in Christ. One writer said, you have been in Christed. In Christ. We would also call this your identification with Christ. And the word identification means to consider or treat as one and the same. Or the word identical. That's what determines your identity, who you are, what you have. I took psychology in college and I passed because they had multiple choice tests. And I'm very lucky. <laughs> so in psychology, they did what they call, they have certain things, they call them determinisms. Determinisms. That determines how far you go in life. That determines your behavior. Determines uh, what you have and where you go. And they call it determinisms. One, they call it genetic determinism. Genetic determinism means I am what I am. I do and act the way I do because of genetic determinism means I was born this way. In other words, my mother, my dad, and they'll search ancestry.com to try to find their identity. But when you've been born again, come on. come on, some people say, well, I was just born this way, but Jesus said you must be born again. And when you're born again, amen, you're born of God, our one translation says you've been refathered by God. Born of God. God puts a new spirit or a new heart in you. So genetic determinism now has been superseded by the new birth. Everybody say, I've been born again. I've been refathered. That means all that stuff don't run in your family. Come on, all that stuff. Yeah, no, that don't run in my family. God's my father. Amen. So genetic determinism, the second one they'll call it uh, environmental determinism. That means I was raised in the hood. And that's the reason I act this way and I live this way, environmental determinism. Or I was raised in the woods. <laughs> That's the reason I'm a redneck and got four-wheel drive and got a shotgun in the back window. In other words, uh, environmental determinism means that, that that's, I was in that area and that has shaped who I am and my behavior. Then the next they call it psychic or psychological determinism. And that means the way that I think has determined where I am and what I go. Or it even includes experiences that have happened to me. In other words, the things that have happened to you have now shaped your identity and have shaped the, your behavior, so that's why you act that way. A lot of times people say, if you knew what happened to me, you'd know why I am the way that I am. But something has happened in Christ 
that is greater than anything that has ever happened to you. God's work in Christ far exceeds any damage done to us. Come on, no matter what has happened to you, God's work in Christ far exceeds. So we have another determinism. We call it in Christ determinism. Greater than genetic, greater than environmental, come on, greater than psychological, is you've been in Christed, you're a new creature in Christ, old things have passed away, everything has become new, you've been born again, or you've been refathered, and you refuse to allow all those other kind of identities to determine who you are, where you go, what you have. You look in the Word of God and you find yourself in the Word of God and you say, that's who I am and that's what I have. Amen. 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 So understanding your identification with Christ means to consider or treat as one and the same or if you're going to fly somewhere, they'll ask you, do you have any, what? Identification. What are you going to show them? Usually a passport, a driver's license. And when you show them the passport, you're saying, see that? That passport and me, we are identical. We're the same. But now in Christ, you pull your Bible out, you see the word, and you say, see that? And me, we are identical. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Y'all still here? Uh-huh. So when I was just a teenager, I started studying identification with Christ. And I looked at Luke chapter 4, and in Luke chapter 4 is where Jesus preached his first sermon. So when Jesus preached his first sermon, he opened the book, Isaiah 61. He opened the book, Isaiah 61, and he started reading, and he said, that scripture is talking about me. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me. And then Jesus sat down in the temple and said, that's who I am. Come on now. I'm not Joseph's son. Come on. And listen now. And I didn't just come from Mary. I came from God. And the Bible tells me who I am right now. In other words, Jesus found himself in the scriptures. He laid aside his deity powers. He became a man. He had to grow in wisdom, grow in stature, grow in favor. So Jesus literally found himself in Isaiah 61. Did you know that John the Baptist found himself in Isaiah 40? They said in the, in the gospel uh, uh, that, that Jesus said the whole scriptures are written about me. So if Jesus found himself in the word, you and I today can open up the word of God and say, that scripture right there is talking about me. That's my identity. That's who I am. That's what I have. This is my identification with Christ. Are y'all still here? So as you look at identification with Christ, then Philemon verse six says this, that the communication of your faith may become effectual by acknowledging every good thing that is in you in Christ. If you have the Amplified Bible, it says, every good thing that is yours by your identification with Christ. 
So that means if you want your faith to be strong and effective, then you need to find out who you are, what you have in Christ, or your identification with Christ. Are y'all still with me? Now, for your faith to be effective, you gotta say, I am who God says I am. Now turn over to Galatians 2.20 real quickly. We're gonna study your identification with Christ tonight. And Galatians 2.20 is a great scripture to take off from. Praise the Lord. Do you know, y'all have that in your Bible? He says, I am. I am. I am. I like it when he starts with I am. Crucified with Christ. That means what happened to Jesus on the cross has now determined who I am. Let's try that one more time. What happened on the cross to Jesus has determined who I am because I am crucified with Christ. I don't know what kind of problems you have, but I guarantee you that a crucifixion will cure it. (laughs) Amen. Paul says something similar in Romans chapter six and verse six. He says, knowing this, that my old man was crucified with Christ. Are y'all still here? My old man, the old person I used to be, other translations say my old rebel self. One translation says my former evil identity was crucified with Christ. My old man, my old personality, The old person I used to be, my old rebellious self, was crucified with Christ. In other words, all your problems were not just with the devil. All right, let's try that one more time. In other words, the devil's certainly going to be defeated, but God said, I'm also going to change your identity. In other words, whatever part of you the devil was able to control is now dead, crucified, dead, and gone. But Paul says, I know this. How did he know this? He must have known this by revelation knowledge. In other words, he said, I found out what happened to Jesus, that Jesus was on the cross, a thief on one side and a thief on the other side. But God showed me I was there also. Paul said, I was there, or we were there, because Jesus took us there with him. So when Paul says, I was there, you know, you're looking at him like, wow, I thought Jesus was in the middle, thief on either side, but Paul said, I was there. How was he there? Because everything Jesus did, he did it as our substitute. Everything Satan had done in Adam, God reversed it in Christ. Adam is the old man and Jesus is the new man. Come on, my old sinful self, my old sin nature, my old sin-dominated personality was crucified with Christ, is dead and gone. 
and now sin cannot have dominion over you. Satan cannot have dominion over you because the old person used to be is crucified, dead, and gone. So go back to Galatians 20, 2.20. Paul says, I am crucified with Christ. I, I had some Bible school students at my house the other day for Thanksgiving break, and some of them were Ramah students, some were ORU students, and they're going to Bible school. So I said, how many of you can quote Galatians 2.20? Not one of them. So how many was in my living room? About five? Five or six. Five or six in my living room. I said, you're telling me you're a Bible school student, and you cannot quote Galatians 2.20? Are you serious? You're planning on following Jesus for the rest of your life, serving the Lord, and you cannot quote Galatians 2.20? I said, I'll tell you what I'll do. Sitting in my living room. Any of you that can quote Galatians 2.20, King James Version, and don't miss a word, before you leave this house, I'll give you a $100 bill. Boy, I'm telling you, they got their Bible out. <laughs> They're going after Galatians 2.20. Man, I'm telling you, it, they, it took them an hour, maybe two hours. And finally, one of them had a breakthrough. I said, there's your $100 bill. And they're like, <laughs> the others are like, I am a, I said, you get nothing until you get every word right. Now, I still text them and say, can you still quote Galatians 2.20? Finally, all of them got it right before they left the house. Are you ready? This is not just Paul's experience. This is not just Paul's testimony. This is the testimony of every born-again believer. Sometimes we think of somebody's testimony and we'll say, wow, they did this and they went through that and they went through that. You say, no, my, my real testimony is I was identified with Christ in his death and resurrection. But look at Galatians 2.20. Are you ready? Let's read it out loud together. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I am. Now look at this real close. Years ago, I heard T.L. Osborne say this. He said, little I moved out and big Christ moved in. Defeated I moved out, and victorious Christ moved in. Depressed I moved out, and happy Jesus moved in. Poor I moved out, blessed Jesus moved in. Sick I moved out, healthy Jesus moved in. Are y'all still here? What is your confession of faith? I, come on, whoever I is, when you say I, 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 I. Come on, in some conversations, there's a lot of I's going on. What do you mean when you say I? 
Well, Paul said, when I say I, he said, I'm talking about who I am in Christ because the old person I used to be is gone and God has redefined who I am. Oh, there's some other translations of this real quickly here. One translation says, I consider myself as having died. And now I'm enjoying a second existence, which is simply Jesus using my body. I was crucified. One translation says, Christ took me to the cross with him and I died there with him. This translation, I think, is the Passion Translation. Are you ready? My old identity has been co-crucified with the Messiah and no longer lives. All right, let's try it one more time. My old identity has been co-crucified with the Messiah and no longer lives. For the nails of his cross crucified me with him. And now the essence of this new life is no longer mine. For the anointed one lives his life through me. We live in union as one. My new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God who loved me so much that he gave himself for me and dispenses his life into mine. Are y'all still here? Do you know who I is? <laughs> Do you know what you're saying when you say I? Because your new identity, who you are now comes from what Jesus has done for you and who you are in him. My old identity was crucified, is dead and gone. And now I, no longer I, but it is Christ that lives in me. The resurrected Christ, the triumphant Christ, the anointed one lives on the inside of me. His life is in me and the life that I live by faith, I live by the faith of the Son of God. He loved me, gave himself for me and his life is on the inside of me. Somebody ought to get happy right now and say glory to God. Woo! Praise the Lord. Your identification with Christ and who you are in Christ. Run over to Ephesians real quickly. In Ephesians chapter 1 and chapter 2 on your identification with Christ. Ephesians chapter 2 where you talk about the same identical life. I got you. Y'all still with me here? Crucified together, died together, buried together made alive, raised up together. So this morning we gave you Ephesians 2, 4, 5, and 6. You got that one? It says, but God who is rich in mercy for his great love, Ephesians 2, 4, wherewith he loved us even when we were dead in sin, he quickened us together with Christ. Where it says quickened, the Amplified Bible says, he made us alive together with Christ. Do you have that one or you want me just to quote it? He made us alive together with Christ. He gave us the same life that he gave to Christ. The very same life with which he quickened him. Did you have the Amplified or not? You got it? 
All right, look at this real quickly. He gave us the very life of Christ himself, the same new life with which he quickened him. So he gave us the same identical life that he gave to Christ. The very same life that raised Christ up, gave him victory, so he made us alive together. He gave us the same life. What's in that life? Same identical life, same authority, same blessing. Come on, same righteousness that's in Christ is now on the inside of you as a believer. I have his life in me now. That life, when received in sufficient measure, will live itself. Amen. Are y'all still here? Let me give you something else real quickly here. Praise the Lord. Y'all not in a hurry, are you? So this life is the crowning achievement of the plan of redemption. All right, let's talk to this side over here. Man is spiritually dead. So the number one goal of God is to get this life back in the spirit of man. The devil cannot dominate any man. I feel like slapping somebody right now. I said the devil cannot dominate any man who has this life. So the crowning achievement of the plan of redemption is God said, we're going to get this life and give it back to a man. It's spiritual life. It's the God kind of life. It's the life of Christ himself. And he said, once that life comes back in your spirit, you pass from death to life. You pass from Satan's dominion over to the kingdom of God. And in this new kingdom, the devil cannot dominate any man, any woman who has this life. So sin cannot dominate you. Satan cannot dominate you. Old habits cannot dominate you. Sickness cannot dominate you. You have this life on the inside of you. And this life. Imagine what's going through Jesus' mind when he said, I have come that you might have this life and have it more abundantly. Then Jesus said in John 5, 24 through 26, he said the Father has this life in himself and he's given to the Son to have this life in himself. So if you wanna know what God has in him, he has this life in him. He has so much of it, he cannot contain himself. In other words, there's a river of it coming out of God that runs throughout heaven. Wherever this life flows, sickness goes, depression goes, Satan's dominion is broken when you receive this life. So God's number one goal is what? We have to get this life 
back into the spirit of a man. So he sent Jesus, paid the penalty for our sin, died our death, and then he was made alive. The resurrection of Christ. Jesus was not the first man raised from the dead. He's the firstborn from the dead. All right, now listen to me now. Because other men have been raised from the dead. But when Jesus was raised from the dead, he's the first man to enter the death experience and master it. In other words, he didn't just overcome rigor mortis. Rigor mortis is serious. Your body gets stiff and they bury you in a box. But Jesus, when he was raised from the dead, he did not just overcome physical death. He overcame death in all of its phases. Death, hell, the grave, second death, spiritual death, every kind of death. In other words, Jesus eradicated death, destroyed death, abolished death, and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel of Christ. Are y'all still with me here? Second Timothy 1.10, where it says that Jesus abolished death. And brought life, see it right up there? He abolished death, destroyed death, and he brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. What is immortality? It is life with no death in it. Immortality means you have received now eternal life. For the believer, there is no death. Come on, I didn't say your body won't die, but that ain't you to start with. Are y'all still here? You'll just be absent from the body, present with the Lord. So what happens is, death has been swallowed up. So when you say, I know I have eternal life, you're saying death has been abolished. The fear of death is, is, is to be destroyed by the Lord Jesus Christ himself. In other words, you're no longer afraid of any form of death. So your spirit is alive. If we could do a little x-ray of you, your body looks somewhat normal. But your spirit has the same identical life in it that Christ has in him. That life will one day extend its domain to the sphere of your body. And then you will have an immortal body. Come on, at the sound of the trumpet and the rapture, your body will be changed. You'll go right through the roof and fly all the way through all the galaxies. You already have that life in you right now. That life 
It's a God kind of life. It's resurrection life. It's devil defeating life. It's hell defeating life. Come on. It's sickness dissolving life. It's resurrection life. It's overcoming life. It's love life. It's joy life. It's triumphant life. It's the life of Christ. He came to give you that life. That life. All right, all right, all right, all right. This is, uh, listen now, the crowning achievement of the plan of redemption is when you receive the gift of eternal life. And you say, I know, I have present possession, eternal life. That life is in the word of God. The life that's in Christ, spiritual life, it is a spiritual substance that comes out of God himself. He that hath the Son hath this life. If you don't have Jesus, you don't have this life. We're not talking about religion. We're not talking about joining the church. We're talking about Jesus. If you have Jesus as your Lord, then you have this life. It's a spiritual substance that's actually in God, and there's a river of it that flows in heaven. Um, imagine what the devil saw on the day of Pentecost. Let's try this out over here. Imagine what the devil saw when he's having trouble with one Jesus and now he's got 120 people that have the same life. Oh, I don't know. Come on, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells on the inside of you. Woo. The same identical spirit that raised Christ dwells inside of you and quickens your body gives life to your body. Even though you have a mortal body, but this life flows in your body. It'll heal your body. We have a friend that was diagnosed with COVID and uh, his wife is a nurse. And so he works for Abner Yoder up in Ohio. And so his wife, she checked his lungs. She said, you're in very serious trouble here. Your lungs shutting down. You, you've got to go to the hospital immediately. And he said, he sat in his recliner struggling to breathe. And there he said, I began to think about, I have the life of God on the inside of me. I have resurrection life on the inside of me. I have sickness destroying life on the inside of me. His wife said, you must go to the doctor now. He said, I have too much of the life of God on the inside of me right now. And he jumped out of the recliner and started praising God. He said, every symptom left his body and he went to work the next morning. I got the life of God on the inside of me. Ah, come on now. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 
this life. That life on the inside of you. Is what saves you. I got the life of God. Eternal life. Resurrection life. Present possession. In me now. That life. Increases my intellect. All right, let's try that again. Come on now. You ain't no dummy. Come on. I have been born of God. The life of Christ is inside of me. It increases my intellect. It enhances my personality. It makes your countenance shine. Come on, your eyes shine. Your countenance shines. Because you have eternal life. It brings strength and health to my body. It drives sickness out of my body. Come on, meditate on that. Declare that with your mouth. I have the very life of Christ himself on the inside of me, living in me now. Listen, listen. Like a spiritual substance. That's why every believer can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. In the name of Jesus. You say, I'm going to lay hands on you. And while I'm laying hands on you, the life of God that's in me is going on the inside of you and driving sickness out of your body. Are y'all still here? All right. I mean, Terry Matthew sitting on the end here. He was dying with COVID. Went in three times. I called him up in the middle of it and he couldn't breathe. He couldn't talk. I said, brother, you're going to live. You are not going to die. In the name of Jesus, you got the life of God on the inside of you. He had to walk around with oxygen for a while. But man, look at him up there running around and jumping around, 75 years old. Come on, if the devil tries to whip you, you ought to say, I got too much of the life of God on the inside of me. You can't do that to me. All right, listen close. Praise the Lord. Hey. Glory. Thank you, Jesus. I got too much. I got too much of the life of God on the inside of me. I got the life of God. I got too much of it. I the same life. He gave me the same life that he gave to Christ. Ah, I got it, I got it, I got it. Come on, rejoice over that life. That's victory life, resurrection life. That's eternal life. I got too much of that life. I got the light, the same light. Come on, in my heart, in my liver, in my kidneys. Come on now, in my body. Hallelujah. Sit back down just for a minute. 
This is blessing life. Christ has redeemed you from the curse of the law. Blessing life. You're blessed coming in, blessed going out. You don't leave it at church. It goes home with you. You go home. Come on. And you're in the kitchen at home going, I got the life of God on the inside of me. The same life that raised Christ from the dead. Dead, dead. It's eternal life, resurrection life, triumphant life that's in me right now. I got that life in me. All right, let me read this. Come on, you have to listen to a theologian every now and then. And this guy says this. He says, this life, which flows from Christ into man. I'm going to finish reading this now. Listen. (laughs) This life, which flows from Christ into man, is something totally different from anything experienced on a merely natural plane. Listen, listen, listen. So when he says abundant life, he's not talking about you going from an old car. Come on. Let's see. I don't know what to say here, but uh, he's not talking about you going from a Dodge to a Cadillac. When he talks about abundant life, he's not talking about you going from a three-bedroom house to a five-bedroom house. He's talking about a totally different kind of life, a quality of life, spiritual life that puts you in the realm of God himself. All right, let me finish reading this. It is, so spiritual life, he says, it is different not only in degree, but also in kind. It's a new kind of life. It makes you a new creature, a new kind of human that never existed before. You look like a regular person on the outside, but on the inside, come on, you're not a natural man. You're not a regular person here. You're not just living on your talent. I mean, glad about that. I said, you're not just living on your talent. You're not just living on your education. You got the life of God on the inside of you. All right, let's finish reading this. He said, it is a new kind of life. It is different not only in degree, but also in kind. It is a new quality of life, a supernatural quality. There is a new creation. It is not the intensification of powers already possessed. It's the sudden emergence of an entirely new and original element. Whenever a man comes to be in Christ, he lives in the sphere of the post-resurrection life of Jesus. The life which he now lives bears the quality of eternity. McLeod Campbell in his great work on the atonement says, ordinary religion is so much of a struggle to secure an unknown future happiness. Instead of being the meditation on and the welcoming of the present gift of eternal life. This is Paul's glory and joy. Life with a stamp of eternity on it, a present possession. 
It is the meditation on and the welcoming of the present gift of eternal life. It is a quality of life that God himself has. In that life is the love of God, the joy of God, the peace of God. That's all in that life. This life that flows from Christ into man. How many ever sang that song? I got a river of life. Does anybody believe it or you just want to sing it? I got this life. Come on now. Not just a drip, not just a trickle. I've got more than I can contain of the life of Christ flowing out of me. This life, the same life that's in Christ flows now in my spirit. The devil knows he cannot dominate you any longer the moment you make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life and you receive this life. I just want to make sure you know that the devil knows he cannot dominate you any longer. <laughs> Go ahead and laugh for a minute and say, ha, 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 ha. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Do you know who you are? Yes. Do you know what you have? Yes. Not what you're trying to be, not what you're someday going to be, but right now. Yes. Present possession. I meditate on and I welcome this life on the inside of me. And then you say, Holy Spirit. Come on now. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. You say, Holy Spirit, I know you're in there. Don't act like you're not in there. I know you're in there. Holy Spirit, I want you to rise up on the inside of me. I want you to think through my mind. I want you to have power over my voice. Come on now. He'll take the wine out of your voice, the victim out of your voice. Come on, the confusion out of your voice. He'll put victory in your voice. You've been born again. You're a new creature in Christ. Ha, ha, ha. I'll go back to Ephesians 2. I'm about to get Ephesians 2 done here. Are you ready? Verse 4 through 6. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead. He did what? He made us alive together with Christ, for by grace are you saved. And he hath raised us up together. He's raised us up together. This is not a theological position. This is a spiritual reality. All right, let's try it one more time. People go, I know the Bible says that, isn't that wonderful? No, this is not some theological doctrinal position. This is a spiritual reality. You've been raised up together with Christ, and you're seated together with him in heavenly places. <laughs> 
your spirit now joined to Christ. Woo. Praise the Lord. I said your spirit is now joined to Christ. So the first time I saw this, I was 17 years old. 17 years old. And I was trying my best to serve the Lord because I love the Lord, but I had some challenges. But when I saw this, me and a friend were meditating on these verses right here, and I began to see it. I was made alive with Christ, same life, raised up and seated together with him, and the Holy Spirit showed me raised up, seated together with Christ, far above all principality and power and might and dominion every name this thing. So seated there, I saw myself in a place of authority. And the first thing I did is I started laughing. I was just, I was like this. We were studying it and I saw it and I went, uh-huh. I'm not trying to get it. Jesus already got it for me. So it's mine now. Ha-ha. A place of victory. I'm seated here. The devil's way down there. And I'm going, ha ha. What you going to do about that? Come on, don't ever climb down from there to fight the devil. Stay right up there and say, no, no, I stay up here. It's where I fight. Dad Hagen used to say it this way. Never fight the devil in the arena of sight and feelings and circumstances. Always make him fight you in the arena of faith. Are y'all still here? <laughs> so if the devil says, look at this, look at that, you said, no, I don't fight there. You say, if you want to fight me, you have to come over here in this arena of faith. Because in this arena, I am who God says I am. I have what God says I have. I can do what God says I can do. If you want to fight me, we only fight right here. Years ago when my son was much younger and we were watching an a, a athletic program on television after football season. There's a great depression that comes when football season is over and you're like, what are we gonna watch now? You know, golf? Anyway, so. So one, one Sunday afternoon we're watching and, and they had the best athletes from every sport and made them compete in a sport that they were not professional in. Best ones, but they had to compete in sports like tennis players or football players, baseball players, basketball players, and they made them compete in other sports. So I was watching the best athletes in the swimming event. So they got all these other professional athletes and they put them in an Olympic swimming pool and now they have to compete to see who's the best athlete, not just in their sport. So here come the athletes out, you know, to get ready. And here comes an NFL football player. Speedo. Come on, they got little tiny swimming suits. 
and they come out and he's got big shoulders, big neck, big arms, come on, big thighs, big calves, and he come walking out there to get ready to swim. So I told my son, Aaron, I said, look at the muscles on that guy. I said, he's got muscles in places I don't even have places. And I told my son, if I ever had to fight that guy, oh, I'd hate to fight that guy. Look at that guy. Sure enough, they come out and they're all ready to go and they blow the whistle and they all dive in the water and there's about 15 of them swimming. And while they're swimming, then the TV camera points to the guy that was the NFL player. And he was splashing and splashing. He was going under. He was the last one. He was drowning. Then when he's trying to swim, he can't swim. And I laughed. I said, if I ever had to fight that guy, I would hit him, run and jump in the swimming pool. I'd run and jump in the swimming pool and say, you want some of me? Come in here, baby. You want, I'll give you all you can handle in here. Because he can't swim. Come on, Jesus said the devil is a strong man, but there's some things he cannot do. Come on, if he attacks you, say, bam, and you run and take your place in Christ. Say, I'm redeemed by the blood. I'm a new creature in Christ. Come on, I am who God says I am. Come on, you want some of me? Because in Christ, you are always triumphant in Christ. His victory is your victory. And you're raised up, seated far above the most high. The most high. Meditate on that. We had one of our presidents that said, he smoked marijuana, but he did not inhale. What does that mean? He's at a party and they're passing around a joint. And he just takes a little and puts it in his mouth and holds it. He did not inhale. I just laughed. I thought that happens at church all the time. I said, some people come to church and you give them the word and they just hold them out. They'll praise the Lord. That's a good word. But you got other people that go ahead and just inhale and breathe in the reality of their identification with Christ. And they go, ah, come on. Till you see yourself different, you take the word and receive the word and meditate on the word. That's going to my head. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can you say hallelujah? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo. Woo. I rejoice over that word. Just like I found a great spoil. Made alive, raised, so I just started laughing. Ha ha. 
I'm not trying to get it. Jesus got it for me. So I just started laughing, praising, laughing, rejoicing. That's what happens. Every touch of the anointing of the Holy Ghost brings you into the consciousness of who you are in the anointed one. Every time a fresh oil or fresh anointing comes upon you, brings you into the consciousness of who you are in the anointed one. In Christ. So I was meditating on the word, made alive, and I started laughing. I started rejoicing. Amen? Amen. And so when Dad Hagen was praying, we had the Holy Ghost meeting, Dad Hagen would come around and kind of tap you on the head, and we would just rejoice. The oil of joy, the anointing, and we would just rejoice. That joy is a demonstration of your triumph in Christ. So we would laugh, jump. Come on, run around the front. Amen. Act like victory is yours. Amen. 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 I heard the story about a monk that lived in a monastery. And he lived in the monastery trying to be holy. And he lived there alone trying to be holy. And one day he went down into the basement and studied the original manuscripts. He studied the archives. And they heard him scream in the basement. And he said, ah, it's celebrate. That all those years he had been living celibate and the uh, original translation said, celebrate. I think something has been lost in translation in a lot of churches that God said, it's time for you to celebrate the triumph of Christ is your victory. His victory is your victory. His life is your life. Come on now. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives on the inside of you. Come on, sin cannot dominate you. Satan cannot dominate you. Jesus has set you free. Hallelujah. Woo! Ha, ha, ha. Come on, practice rejoicing. Ha, ha, ha. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Let's say this together. I am a new creature, a new creation in Christ Jesus. All things have passed away. Everything has become new. I am the workmanship of God, created in Christ Jesus. God put into Christ everything he wanted me to have. So I have the same life, same righteousness, same authority, same blessing that is in Christ is in me now. That life, spiritual life, resurrection life, the God kind of life is in me right now. I have eternal life, the life of God flows in my spirit, flows in my mind, 
flows in my body. It's love life, joy life, peace life, victory life, blessed life. I have that life in me now. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm redeemed. I'm in Christ. Christ is in me. Well, give the Lord a shout, hallelujah. Give the Lord a shout, hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Go ahead and shout about it. I said, go ahead and shout. Thank you, Lord. His life. Oh, that life. That life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. His life. Woo! Ha, 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 ha. Ha, ha, ha. Come on, the devil cannot dominate any person that has this life. I said the devil cannot dominate any person who has this life. Sin cannot. Satan cannot. Sickness cannot. Disease cannot. Poverty cannot. Depression cannot. Dominate this life. I have his life, resurrection life, inside of me now. It flows in my spirit. It flows in my life. I have eternal life, the life of God. It's triumphant life. It makes me a new creature in Christ Jesus. I got joy. I got love. I got peace. I got the life of God. Well, go ahead and laugh about it a few minutes. I got the life of God. Woo! Sickness. Ha, ha, ha. Sickness has to go. Disease has to go. Fear has to go. Come on, old habits have to go. Bad habits have to go. In the name of Jesus. This life. This life is in me. Now laugh about it a few minutes. Say ha, 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 ha. Come on, it's celebrate. It's celebrate. 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 We always triumph. We always triumph in Christ. We always triumph in Christ. We always triumph in Christ. His victory is our victory. Ha, 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 ha. The devil's under our feet. I said the devil's under your feet. Way down there somewhere. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Redeemed by the blood of Jesus. His life. The life of Christ. It is no longer I that lives. It is Christ that lives in me. Come on, let's say that together. It is no longer I that lives. It is Christ that lives in me. Let's say it together. It is no longer I that lives. 
It is Christ that lives in me. Woo, let's try it again. It is no longer I that lives. It is Christ that lives in me. Come on, give the Lord a shout about that. Thank you for joining Pastors Chaz and Joni today from Houston Faith Church. If you're looking for a good home church in Houston, Texas, we'd like to invite you to be our guest anytime. What you'll find is the Houston Faith Church is highly committed to the Word of God, the love of God, and the Spirit-filled life and ministry that Jesus expects. We know that everyone wants to make a difference in this life and that the Great Commission of the Lord Jesus Christ is the main thing for all of us. You'll find your purpose here and grow strong in faith at Houston Faith Church. Find more faith-building resources on our YouTube channel or subscribe to our free audio podcast. You can also connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. See you soon.